Storehouse offers free delivery, and you can order online or over the phone if you need. The Storehouse, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, or call 870-972-6360. Put your business in the hands of the experts at The Storehouse today. Would you like to win $15,000 in holiday cash? The ticket is giving you that opportunity with EAB's 15K Holiday Giveaway. One lucky winner of this national contest will win $15,000 in cash with two guaranteed statewide prizes on the line for EAB listeners as well. A $1,000 Christmas cash prize and a weekend trip to beautiful Mountain Harbor Resort and Spa will be given away. It's EAB's 15K Holiday Giveaway. Enter today at 953theticket.com or our Facebook page. $15,000 in Christmas cash could be yours from the ticket. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on this Wednesday, December 1st, 2021 edition of the show here on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket, 953theticket.com. Tune in by searching for... KNEA can also find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at 95.3 The Ticket there as well. Uh, a lot of stuff we'll uh, a lot of stuff we'll get into today. Uh, we'll talk. Um, well, there's been news out of the transfer portal for a state, uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll uh, we'll actually spend the the most of the first couple of segments on uh, a state uh, just. On the transfer portal news and just, I don't know, just kind of going over everything as as a whole from throughout the season. I don't really feel like we've touched on the season as a whole at all on the show yet. Uh, there were new uh, college football playoff rankings that came out last night. Uh, there's news out of baseball. There's uh, a couple of uh, results last night in college basketball. It was a little bit shocking. So a lot of stuff we'll get into over the next hour. But before we get into anything, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up on some headlines. Brought to you by Platts Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Three Red Wolves were named Tuesday as all Sunbelt Conference first-team selections by Pro Football Focus. Defensive end Kevon Bennett, along with kick returner Alan Lamar, and punt returner Johnny Lang all received recognition. Arkansas State football was also represented by Joe Azugu and Ryan Hansen on the second team, while six additional Red Wolves received third team or honorable mention honors. So congrats to them. Also in football news, three more Red Wolves have entered the transfer portal. Defensive back Antonio Fletcher and linebacker Anthony Switzer both announced Tuesday they would enter the portal, while Lane Hatcher announced earlier today he would enter the portal as well and pursue additional football opportunities elsewhere. Meanwhile, tonight, 10th-ranked Arkansas returns to the court for an in-state battle against Central Arkansas. Teams faced each other last fall with the Hogs winning by a 25-point margin. Tip-off at Bud Walton Arena is at 7 p.m. And this has been your headlines, brought to you by Platts Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. All right, by the way, um, we'll get into it later on in the show, but uh, the MLBPA has been told negotiations are over for the day. And at midnight Eastern, the owners can lock out the players. So uh, oh, wow. any any discussions uh, that they've had throughout the day are over, which, like, listen, I'm not really truthfully worried that much about a lockdown. 
or in a, or a lockout in December, especially when pitchers and catchers don't report until mid to late February. So I'm not really worried about a uh, a lockout at this point, but it is a little bit concerning that at three o'clock Eastern time in the afternoon, um, with I don't know what seven hours to go or not I guess nine hours to go that uh, the players and the owners felt that they were so far apart that they're just like ah whatever we're gonna go um, into a lockout so that I mean that is a little bit concerning that I'm not concerned alarming. I'm not concerned that they're going into you know a lockout over this in December but that part of it just kind of like uh, okay. Hopefully this uh, gets resolved where games aren't affected. So Yeah, that's not good. Anyways, uh, we'll get into that later on in the show. But uh, the big news locally is that uh, Lane Hatcher has announced that he is going into the transfer portal. Um, I think he makes the, uh, the, the 13th different player for A-State to go portal. Um, by the way, there is a, uh, a portal tracker on Rivals. Uh, or I guess it's twenty four seven that has the uh, the the transfer portal tracker that's good and up to date. Um, yeah, it's twenty four seven sports that has the uh, the portal tracker. So if uh, you want to go there and see what all A state players are in it, uh, it's easy to do. But uh, Lane Hatcher is the latest for A state. He joins uh, I guess five guys that have entered the portal uh, over the course of the last uh, three or four days: Corbett Mims, Travian Green. Uh, Antonio Fletcher, Anthony Switzer, and then uh, Lane Hatcher. And, like, listen, I know a lot of the stuff about Hatcher is centered around, you know, whatever. He didn't get his chance or that he was the better quarterback or whatever. Like, I just – I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired so of tired of the quarterback argument. Uh, I just – like, I'm just not going to – we're just not going to talk about both, the argument. I think they're both great quarterbacks. It's just, you know, it's like situational for each I just, one. Yeah, I just I'm, – I'm not talking about – like, we – we exhausted this conversation in September, and I just I don't want to have it in December, uh, especially when one of them's in the transfer portal. But you know, it, it it was a it was a shaky close to the season. He had you know seven touchdowns and seven interceptions in his last five games. So you know he he threw a lot of interceptions. It was a shaky close, and obviously you know did not play his best football at A State over the course of the last you know four or five games where he started. Uh, but I mean, I, this season, you know, withstanding, I thought he delivered a state some some really good moments. Uh, you know, and I'll always, and I know a lot of people have, uh, I guess, negative connotations with the 2019 season because of the regular season finale, and I get that. But the the 2019 thing, I mean, if you don't have game four when Logan Bonner goes down, if you don't have a backup quarterback, I mean, that thing. That thing goes south really has a potential to go south really, really quickly if you don't have someone that can step in and you know be good at quarterback. I mean, they stay at that point. They're sitting at two and two. They got beat on the road, fifty-five nothing to Georgia, and they lost in a little bit of a shootout to SMU to start the season. And at that point, I mean, if you don't have a if you don't have a Lane Hatcher step in. Honestly, becomes risky if you if you make a bowl because right because you go seven and five that year, but you have two games, Coastal and Georgia Southern, that were both one touchdown games in November that you had to win to get to a bowl game. So, right, you know, I I think the twenty nineteen season is 
it was the best season Lane Hatcher had just because I don't think that team goes to a bowl game if uh, if he's not the core if if you don't have someone that can step in like Lane Hatcher to to be the quarterback when Logan Bonner goes down uh, you know and then in his first start at Troy he throws for 440 yards and completed a 80 plus yard touchdown bomb on his first throw uh, to Omar Bayless and he was like all over the ESPN college football uh, show on show after the game is one of the standout players of uh, of the day and so you know the 2019 season there was obviously a lot of good things uh, that he did you know put up one of the I think given the circumstances uh, and then looking at his numbers I think it's one of the better individual seasons we've seen from an A-State quarterback uh, you know in the last 10 to 15 years uh you know, I mean, he had the highest passer efficiency efficiency rating in school history that year at A State. So, um, you know, I've always feel like the the 2019 season is a little bit uh, underappreciated, and you know, it maybe has a lot to do with uh, the loss to South Alabama in the final week of the season. Uh, which, I mean, A State shouldn't have lost that game. Let's just be honest about it; they shouldn't. But, um, you know, I would have loved to have seen what uh what he could have done last year as the lone quarterback um because and not to get caught up in the whole quarterback argument but I did feel like there there were some games last year where Hatcher looked like the better quarterback mm-hmm. there were also some games last year where Logan Bonner looked like the better quarterback uh I mean I thought they were about even but I would have liked to have seen what Hatcher could have done as the lone quarterback and the same could be said for Logan Bonner in that instance but um, yeah. you know, it, it didn't work out that way. And then this year to close, it did kind of get bad. So, you know, I, I think part of that is on Lane Hatcher. Part of that is on the fact that he was running for his life, uh, because the offensive line had deficiencies, but you know, it, it, at the end of the day, like it, it is what it is. And his, his close to the year wasn't, uh, wasn't great. So, I mean, I'm not truly surprised, um, by it one bit. I think, if if he goes to the right situation, I think Lane Hatcher can catch on somewhere and have a phenomenal close to his career wherever he goes. I just hope it's not in the Sun Belt. That I would think be, it's. I think it's that hard. would that would suck if it was in the Sun Belt. It, it it just would. Yeah. No. It's. I think it's also hard if you're a quarterback in this system and you're constantly looking over your shoulder and worried that you're going to get benched for someone else. Yeah. So and it, I mean, I think that was a case in like September and October before James Blackman got injured, but like it wasn't like to close the year. It just wasn't because, you yeah. know, Blackman was injured. And then when he came back from the injury, he, you know, had to go home because of a family emergency and just mm-hmm. all of those things. Plus other things, you know, going on behind the scenes, like he was never going to play and so it wasn't a deal where Hatcher was looking over his shoulder the last four or five games I just think he didn't play very well and he was running for his life and yeah. it just it's one of those deals where it's probably best for both parties I mean at the end of the day next year A-State's either going to have James Blackman as a starting quarterback or they're going to have a freshman that's really high on as a starting quarterback and Lane Hatcher has a chance to go and you know throw it all over the yard in some other offense where he is going to be the guy. So I mean I it, I think it's just the best move possible for yeah. uh, I mean we all for both parties. We all thought it might happen and Yeah. Um you know I, I think the Blackman thing is going to be interesting whether he stays or you know whether he calls it a career whether he tries to go to the portal. You know I don't I don't really know. Um I have a feeling he's going to stay just because I don't know. I think it was either Hatcher or Blackman left 
and now that Hatcher's left, I think he'll stay. But we'll uh, I mean, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what James Blackman does. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't think you know the number is twelve or thirteen or whatever it is at this point. Uh, and I don't think that number, in terms of guys in the portal, is is finished. I mean, I think there's going to be more guys in the portal. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not this week. But I don't think. 13 or 12 or whatever it is now is going to be the uh, the number that it ends on. I do think the quarterback thing, though, is going to be interesting um, because, I mean, you have a chance for James Blackman to come back. Um, obviously, Wyatt Beagle played some this year, but, I mean, A-State also has, uh, you know, Jackson Daly coming in who has an offer from Michigan who is a three-star recruit um, and is committed to A-State and has a chance to be – you know, an early enrollee and sign in December. And so I, I just – I think the quarterback situation is is very interesting. But I – it's the – almost the least of uh, what should be the worries for A-State over the course of uh, – over the course of this offseason. So, I, I mean, I just think it's going to be interesting to follow. Um, I, I am excited to see where, uh, where Lane Hatcher ends up because, I mean, I think he's going to – I think he's going to do great wherever he goes. Uh, I just – I just think it's kind of a deal where it's probably best for uh, – best for uh, both parties so anyways uh i i am going to be interested to see what the number of guys in the portal is for a state but i am also going to be more interested to see how many portal guys they bring in because they brought in a ton of portal guys last year and i would think that would probably be the case this year as well because it's i mean there's plenty of people i mean it's (laughs) there's plenty of people there's plenty of talent in the portal and you're just unless you're recruiting four and five star, you know, high school players that have a chance to play and contribute from the time they step onto campus. I mean, it's it's tough not to recruit out of the portal a lot. Yeah. Because that's that's where you're going to get, you know, significant improvement at whatever position you're trying to improve is by going to the portal and getting someone with experience. So I think the how A State recruits the portal is is uh going to be very uh very interesting to see and um yeah, I mean it, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to follow along. So, anyways, that's the latest from uh, from a state football. Lane Hatcher has entered his name into the uh, transfer portal, and uh, we'll see what's next for Lane Hatcher. We'll uh, all right. So we'll talk a little bit more about a state football uh, coming up after this timeout here on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. You love your truck. Implaza Tire Service is here to help you make it even better with custom wheels, leveling kits, and the area's best selection of light truck tires, ATs, mud tires, and RTs up to 35s and bigger. Plaza Tire Service has the tires you want in stock today, and we'll help you select a great combination that gets your truck exactly the way you want it. In Jonesboro and South Caraway, and now at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue. The biggest selection, the best service, and the lowest prices on light truck tires are at Plaza Tire Service. The folks at 1812 Pizza Company want to thank you for supporting locally owned businesses during times like this. At 1812 Pizza, still feeding your family the best pizza, sandwiches, and salads at all three of their locations. You can get curbside pickup in Manila or at Hilltop, and the Race Street location has a drive through window. Delivery is available from all 1812 Pizza locations, and it's brought to your door by one of their employees, not a third-party company. From their family to yours, thanks for eating local with 1812 Pizza Company. 
Riceland Foods in Jonesboro is hiring. Apply online at Riceland.com for full-time direct hire manufacturing positions in our parboil mill and plant. Riceland Foods is an equal opportunity employer with a new competitive pay scale geared toward advancement and benefits, including medical, dental, and vision insurance, paid time off, and paid holidays. Riceland Foods in Jonesboro has immediate openings for full-time manufacturing positions. Start your new career today with Riceland Foods. Go to Riceland.com and select jobs at the top of the page to apply online. Hi, this is Tara from Harris Ford, exit 85 in Newport. You have enough challenges in your life. Buying your next vehicle should not be one of them. At Harris Ford, we minimize your challenges with a great selection of vehicles, low prices, and award-winning service. Come see our selection of quality, low-mile, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Eight-time President's Award winner for customer service. Harris Ford, exit 85, Newport or harris-ford.com. You'll like what we do. Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Arkansas's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. This message presented by the Arkansas Activities Association and the Arkansas High School Athletic Administrators Association. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket 95.3 and 96.9. The tickets here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Um, all right, so interesting stuff coming out from Stuart Mandel on Twitter just a few minutes ago, which if you hate 11 a.m. kickoffs, it may not be quite as interesting. But All right, so the 10 most watched college football games – of the year, that list has been updated since uh, after after Saturday. Three of the most watched college football games of the year were Fox's Big Noon Kickoff, which kicks off 11 a.m. Central Time, and the number one was Ohio State Michigan on Fox, which kicked off at 11 a.m. Central Time last Saturday, with almost 16 million viewers for Ohio State Michigan, That's which crazy. is. Uh, is almost 6 million more than Auburn, Alabama, which had 10.5 million viewers uh, on Saturday afternoon on CBS. So some of the numbers for these college football games are really, really, really good from a TV standpoint this year. But yeah, no. the uh, the 11 a.m. kickoffs, uh, from a fan standpoint, you hate them, but from a TV standpoint, they work because three of the top ten games were – an 11 a.m. kickoff, and so I just feel like you're only going to get more of your marquee games kicking off in that 11 o'clock noon hour um, in 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 the future. I mean, and it's kind of turned into that 
Whereas, where like five years ago, you stuck Mizzou and Vandy at 11 o'clock. I mean, now you're sticking like marquee games at 11 o'clock. And really and truthfully, I would venture to guess in five years, 11 o'clock is going to be the new 7 o'clock in terms of marquee kickoff times. Because, I mean, I just, I, I feel like the numbers are better at 11 o'clock. So, anyways, that uh, that is uh, interesting stuff that uh, came out from Stuart Mandel and uh, the college football rankings, uh, TV ratings. Uh, we'll talk about the college football rankings later on in the show. Um, but today was, today was a great day because every year on December 1st, we get if you have Spotify, it's the Spotify rap day, which it's like your top five favorite or your top five most listened to artists, your top five most listened to songs, top five most listened to genres. And it's the day to not open Instagram stories because every Instagram yeah. story is Spotify. Rap I think story. that's it. I think it's artist, um, songs, it's genre. Your, it's your top genres, your songs, um, your artists. And then there was, there was a weird one this year where it was like, if your life was a movie, here's the song. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's what credits. it was. But anyway, so like they do, the, they do the whole top five list, the top five things you most listen to, and, and all that. It, like it's really cool because it's it's one of those yeah. deals where it's like, you know, there'll be stuff there. There will be stuff on your list where it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I did listen to them a lot. Like I don't feel like I did, but then I start thinking about it. It's like, yeah, I mean, I I can see why they're like my number three or four most listened my to artists. My number one or, is so just anything something like that but i mean that's i mean it's a great day it's it's one of my favorite days of the year when the spotify rap comes out then you get the whole top 100 songs playlist anyways but say all that say this so in honor of spotify rap coming out today um since we really have it dived in a lot to just what the season was for for a state um and like it's not intentional because we spent most of monday's show recapping the texas state game and talking about A-State basketball, and then, you know, yesterday we just kind of never got around to it. But in honor of that coming out today, uh, I thought since they the Spotify thing does the whole top five, we'd go over a little thing of top five things ourselves. So one of the things, uh, so what are the look at uh, the top five positive things to take away from A-State this year, and then the top five things A-State has to work on going into uh next season now i'll say this most of this was done uh i think the the top five uh positive things was done before the hatcher news came out and then like right as i was starting on the uh putting a list down of like the top five things to work on the hatcher stuff came out so that take that for what it is but (laughs) the first like legitimately the first good thing that came out of watching a state play this year was the special teams play because that was very very obviously much improved uh so chris hudson put out a stat yesterday like i didn't even realize this uh but al lamar led the country in kickoff return yards with uh, 1,333 return yards and two touchdowns, which was like 500 more yards than whoever was in second place. So, I mean, A-State had l- legitimate speed returning uh, kickoffs and punts and had success returning kickoffs and punts. I mean, that was one of the moments that gave A-State a chance in that Tulsa game in week four uh, or week three, whenever it was, uh, was – a big punt return touchdown. So I mean, special teams was improved for for A State this year. We we didn't see 
what we saw in uh, 2020 or 2020 when it seemed like A-State had pooch kickoffs every kickoff and every opponent got the ball like the 35 or the 40-yard line and only had to go 60 yards to score. And they wouldn't score it in 60 yards because A-State def- A-State's defense wasn't good and you were putting A-State's defense already behind the chains um, and forcing them to stop an opponent from going 60 yards. So the kickoffs were a lot better this year. There, there wasn't the... I guess the cuteness of the pooch kicks and all that. And then, like, A-State had a legitimate punter. I mean, A-State's punter uh, was on the pro football focus all Sunbelt Conference team uh, yesterday or two days ago. So that there was a significant improvement for the special teams with with A-State this year. And it, it – I mean, it, it was just significant. It, it looked like a legitimate football team on the special team side of things this year. And so that um, – that makes me feel good. And then, you know, the defense the defense wasn't great in the first half of the season. But there was obviously a turning point. Um I guess maybe around the the Lafayette game, um, or you know, around the first of November, where the defense you could tell made improvements. Now they're losing a lot to to graduation and the portal, so I mean, I, I don't know how much the improvements even matter if uh, if so much of your personnel is gone. But, I mean, I, I did think they made improvements. There was a time where, you know, it, at the Lafayette game, A-State had given up like seven or more plays of 20-plus yards in every game they had played this year except like UCA. They had given up nine plays of 20-plus yards in like three consecutive games going into the Lafayette game. And, like, that got better. I mean, it, it – it, it got better. The uh, the secondary got better. A-State showed improvement on defense. Now, it didn't show up at the win-to-loss column, but there was signs of improvement on defense. And so that's, I mean, that's a, that's one of those deals where you could see a, a, a buy-in and a culture being built because there was significant improvement on defense uh, from game one to game 12 of the season this year. Definitely. Now, again, you're, you're losing – players on defense to the portal you've already lost a couple of your best secondary guys to the portal uh into graduation whatever so I I don't know um but it was nice to see at least a little bit of the signs of improvement and like so here's here's the number one thing to me which could be a negative thing but you could spin it to be a positive I don't really feel like after the 2020 season where you're rotating quarterbacks that you got a true sense of where you were good and where you weren't good offensively. Because anytime something went wrong, it was either Lane Hatcher's fault or Logan Bonner's fault. There right. was no identification of, well, maybe we didn't block that play well, or mm-hmm. maybe our depth at running back's not good, or maybe, you know, the depth at receipt, whatever. And I'm not saying all oh, that's the issue, but I'm just saying there was no identification of a true problem offensively because every bad thing that happened offensively was pinned back on a quarterback and so it was and it's not just from a fan perspective I mean it's from a you know like I've kind of fell into that camp a little bit too uh so I mean it was it's hard to identify what truly went wrong when that is the case I mean and this I mean this year this year it wasn't because I mean Lane Hatcher was your starter the last five games of the year and there wasn't really much of a quarterback rotation really once you got into conference play. And so this year we found out that 
there were serious deficiencies at some positions on the offensive line, uh, most of which are depth-related, and that's something that has to be rectified next year for A-State to to really have a chance to show significant improvement in this rebuild on offense because it it was it was a problem. It was one of the reasons A-State couldn't run the ball as well this year. It was one of the reasons that Lane Hatcher was running for his running for his life. It was one of the reasons that, you know, James Blackman went down with an injury in the Tulsa game or whatever it was and missed two or three weeks because I mean it was it was a legitimate problem. And so I mean you that's a good thing though to identify that problem. Because I don't know if you really truly identify that after last year. Yeah. Because literally everything was it's this this quarterback's fault or this quarterback's fault. I mean it I get it. Because as a media member and as a fan, you tend to look to the guy leading the offense, which is the quarterback. So that tends to happen sometimes, but you're right. It kind of puts this blanket over the whole offense of, oh, it's the quarterback. It's not the lineman. It's not the running back. Yeah. It's not whatever. So yeah. now that that is kind of out of the way and the drape has been pulled away, you can kind of see, oh, they didn't block on this play. Uh, the running wasn't good on this yeah. play. The play calling was bad, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, yeah, I mean, and that's and that's yes, good. It's yes, gonna, it's, it's a good gonna thing. Do nothing and, but improve the offense. Correct. And one of the other things, and we'll move on. But one of the other things that was just, and I didn't even realize this. Uh, I knew it about halfway through the season, but then I honestly forgot about it. Didn't check. Um, so about halfway through the season, A State was you know top thirty, forty, fifty in the country in fewest penalties, and. Honestly, it just became so much of an afterthought because when you're watching a game, like you just you get used to not seeing the penalties. But I mean, A State was top forty in fewest penalty yards per game. They were like number thirty seven in the country, and this was a team that last year was bottom forty in the country in penalty yards per game. They were they had a ton of penalty yards, and it looked like an undisciplined football team. And it was not fun to watch. But A-State was number 38 in the country in fewest penalty yards this year, which, you know, there's there has to be something to the culture and the buy-in and all that being created because the penalty issues were a nightmare uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, that is something that was a significant improvement for A-State this year. And it doesn't mean that, you know, A-State's going to go 8-4 and four next year or whatever, but it just means that, it was nice to not see so many errors and just yeah lack of focus and just it it, it was nice to not have penalties it was, be it was there was a lot of issues this year but penalties weren't one of them special teams weren't one of them and that was that was nice to have yeah it's good that there's improvement somewhere if not in the offense or i mean the defense improved a little bit but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But with the penalties, it was actually interesting because I had this thought in the Texas State game. Um, there were – it was the App State and the Texas State game that kind of stood out to me with penalties for the other team. I felt like there was a lot of penalties that went A-State's way and were great. And yeah, uh, based on that stat, it just shows that they're a lot more disciplined. And I think the change of head coach and the change of the culture, like you said, has just made everything more – disciplined and I think more people are bought or more players are buying into what Butch Jones is doing and the whole staff yeah so, yeah so I mean that's it's great to see that's one part of it the other part is like there are there are things that have to be worked on over the course of the offseason before a state kicks off 
you know, next September. Um, Definitely. The offensive line can fit into both categories because it, it there has to be some more depth built up there. And I don't necessarily know if it's as much of a talent issue as it is a depth issue, um, especially on the interior of the offensive line. There has to be more depth built up there of the offseason. So that's – and I don't know if that's – you do that through high school ranks or you do that through the portal or what you do, but there has to be some more depth on the interior of that offensive line. And I think it's maybe the run point. game thing fits into that offensive line. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't watch football. I don't know football well enough to be like <laughs> to identify schematic issues. Uh, so I don't know if it's a talent issue with the running backs. I don't know if it's a if, if it's a talent issue with the offensive line. But there there has to be improvement on the run game from I think from this year to next year. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it goes hand in hand in terms of offensive line talent and running back talent. But I do think it's more on the line than the running back. But there is. Yeah, I mean, see, I just, I ends. don't even, I don't even know. Like, I, I just, I, I think you pin it on both, but at the same time, like, there, you can't be one dimensional on offense nowadays, and yeah, and and expect to win. Game. Like, you have to establish the run, even if you're going to be a passing team, you still have to run the ball to set up the pass. I mean, it, you can't. It did get better. You can't throw on every down. I mean, you just, yeah. you just can't because. It, I mean, a 60% completion percentage, 65 70% completion percentage is great. But guess what? A 70% completion percentage means if you're throwing on every down, you're still going to get stopped and have to punt the ball a lot. So you have to be yeah. more than one-dimensional uh, on offense. So I do think that is going to be interesting to monitor what A-State does on the offensive line. And then if if they bring in more running backs, if they try to you know add some more depth to that running back room, obviously Marcel Murray is already gone, but – and not to sound mean or anything, but I mean, I don't necessarily know how much that affects a state. Marcel Murray didn't play this year. Like he might as well have not been in the running back room. So I don't know how much of a big loss that is for a state because he, like, again, he might as well not have even played this year. And he, I guess, I don't guess he really did. Um, especially in some belt play. It so more hurts in the death that like you were saying, the depth category, like, right? Even then right. it's, it's one running back. You'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I wish so, yeah. him the best. Yeah, and then the defense is going to be it, – it, it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, you know, the explosive plays improved throughout the course of the year, but, you know, at the start of the year it was kind of more of a, you know, a back back eight issue uh, than it was up front because, I mean, A-State on the defensive line did a really good job they throughout did. most of the year. I mean, they had a lot of tackles for loss. They got in the backfield, created havoc. Uh, you know, made sacks at the first of the year, but they were just like once it got past the defensive line, there were a lot of times where they got gashed. But that was rectified a little bit to close out the season. So now that you've lost a you know a few secondary pieces to the portal, um, how do you make sure the explosive plays won't be an issue again next year? And then you know, I mean, it just offensively, I don't know what the answer is, but. You know, when A-State got ahead on the chains of first down, when when they gained three, four, five yards on first down, they moved the ball well, and they scored a lot of points. But if they got it second and 11 or 12 or 9 or something like that, it mostly didn't end well. I mean, that's fine every now and then. You're, you're, you're going to punt the ball. I mean, it's not the end of the world. But I would like to know what the efficiency rate of drives after not getting positive yardage on first down was because I bet it's extremely low. Um, And so, like, I don't know what the issue is. I mean, people want to pin it on play calling. I don't think that's the entire issue. Um, Just like I don't think talent is the entire issue. But 
it's definitely a problem, and it's I don't know what the deal. I like I don't know how you fix that in the off season, but it needs to be fixed. So. Anyways, uh, new college football player rankings came out last night. Uh, we'll talk more. We'll talk about that. Uh, there's been some MLB news come out today, uh, especially regarding the uh, a potential lockout. So we'll talk about that uh, and more when we come back here on the setup. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. Happy holidays from your friends at The Ticket. It's one of the most fun times of the year. Bowl games, coaching changes, the transfer portal, and lots and lots of hoops. And your sports family is here to talk about it. With the front row with Budrow from 7 to 10. RWRC Radio, 10 to noon. The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie from noon to 2. The Setup from 2 to 3. And The Drive with Brad Bobo from 3 to 6. Merry Christmas from 1041 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 953 and 96.9 The Ticket. The more you spend, the more you save. This holiday season at Play It Again Sports in Jonesboro. Take your shopping list by Play It Again and receive a $10 gift card for every $50 you spend. Play It Again has something for every athlete in your life. Equipment, attire, and accessories for all ages and all sports. And you can make someone's Christmas by putting a new 2022 model baseball or softball bat from Play It Again under the tree. Get a $10 gift card for every $50 you spend, all while making your favorite athlete happy. At Play It Again Sports, located at Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. Domino's Pizza is high. Work in a fun, fast-paced environment with Domino's. Do you have solid math skills, sound judgment, and the ability to multitask? You want to be the boss? Domino's Pizza is needing an assistant manager. Domino's is also hiring for delivery drivers with fun and flexible hours and a great schedule that'll fit what you're looking for. And take home cash every night. Domino's needs customer service representatives too. Apply now at jobs.dominos.com. That's jobs.dominos.com. Domino's Pizza is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, everybody. Everybody, it's Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days, and well, we've decided to join the party. We'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind-the-scenes info, tell plenty of stories, and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything A-State. It's the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. You know that feeling like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out being unemployed underemployed or just out of school feels a lot like that but when you find the right tools suddenly everything just clicks getting on that path may be easier than you think a good place to start go to findsomethingnew.org at findsomethingnew.org you have access to resources that help develop new skills Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3 and 96.9, the tickets. All right, so last night we got 
the uh, the latest college football playoff rankings. Which, by the way, I would love to see the numbers on how many uh, how many viewers that show gets on ESPN because I am like, how many weeks have we done this? This is the fourth week, fifth week. Uh, fifth. Fourth, uh, let's fourth, see fourth, here. Fourth. Let's see one, two, three, four. This is the fifth week. I am zero for five on watching the college football playoff. I am as well. Uh, <laughs> ranking show and like every single Tuesday afternoon, I think about it. I'm like, I'm going to watch this tonight. And then <laughs> it's like thirty minutes after the rankings are revealed, and I get on Twitter. I'm like, well, crap! They revealed the rankings tonight. And yeah. then college football, the college football playoff account has it on a nice like one through twenty five graphic, and she's like, okay, whatever. I'll look at it here. But I am zero for five on watching the watching the show because first off it is extremely dumb that you do it on a Tuesday night. I'm just like I'm going to be 100% honest and I don't think about college football as a whole on Tuesday. I think about college football as a whole from like Thursday to Sunday. Do it on Sunday night I watch. Yeah. Do it on Sunday afternoon I watch. Tuesday is just like I I don't care. I mean like I do care but I don't care enough to watch. But anyways, um it, the the comments last night uh, after the after the rankings uh, were were interesting because you know Gary Barta who is the the chair of the college football playoff committee talking about Notre Dame and said that the committee is aware of the coaching changes uh, this week it didn't apply but once the championship games wrap up. Our protocol does include the ability to consider a player or coach not being available. So basically, the college football playoff committee told Notre Dame, thanks for coming out. Uh, better luck next year. Because there's no way they're getting in now. And there's 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 no way. Uh, especially after those comments. Because that was basically, we'll keep Notre Dame in the top eight. But they don't have a coach and they're not, they're not going to get into the playoffs. So sorry I think about that's, it. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that. I I get it to an extent because all right, let's say in a world Georgia plays Notre Dame in the first round. Well, the last thing you want as your main storyline after Georgia goes thirteen and zero and runs through the SEC is for the main storyline of that game to be Notre Dame at eleven and one playing without a head coach. So I get it, but that's, at the same that's fair. but at the same time, like if it if it works out where everything falls the right way in Notre Dame should be bolstered up to number four, and they're not because they don't have a head coach. It's kind of like, uh, I, I don't like this. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting for sure. I, I do think Cincinnati needs to be – so it's – the, the top six is Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in that order. Um, and after six, it's all teams with uh, two or more losses, and then you have uh, your San Diego State, Houston, and uh, – Lafayette's of the world who are uh, in the teens or the 20s with uh, one loss. But in terms of teams like legitimately in contention, it stops at six because they're not letting a two-loss team into the playoffs. So yeah. if you're if you're Cincinnati, you have to be the biggest Georgia fans in the world. You want Georgia to beat Alabama 40 this weekend because they're not taking Alabama in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, if you're Cincinnati, maybe you stay at four, maybe you bump up to three, but you're for sure in. Uh, it just depends on – the only thing in question is where – if Oklahoma State wins and beats Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, which I think they will, 
the the only question is who's ranked three and who's ranked four in that scenario. But if Alabama goes and beats Georgia, which I don't think they will, but if they beat Georgia, then both Bama and Georgia are in, and Cincinnati is the odd man out in that scenario. Yeah, because it it would be probably. Bama one, Michigan two, Georgia three, and Oklahoma State four. Because you're, like if Oklahoma State wins, you're not keeping a Big Twelve champion out. Yeah, you, you're just not. You're not keeping them out. And so Cincinnati is kind of the odd, odd man left standing, and they're going to be the number five seed and um, have to go play in a in a New Year's Six access poll. So it's going to be really interesting what happens down the stretch. Yeah, I just uh, Michigan pulling in out of nowhere was probably the craziest thing. I'd, See, I didn't expect uh, that. among the teams that are in a conference championship this weekend, I think Michigan maybe I could see losing uh, more than anyone else because Michigan still has to play Iowa, and I was I was not bad. I mean, I was a yeah, ten two team. They're good. Uh, I I don't see it. Like I just don't see Georgia losing to Bama. I just don't. I frankly I don't see that game being close at all. Uh, I think it's. I think the line at six and a half is way too low. So, I mean, I think that's a two or three touchdown game. So theoretically, Michigan loses. That gar- I mean, that almost guarantees Notre Dame would make it, doesn't it? Uh, if Michigan loses and Alabama loses, then both are at two losses. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it'd have to be. I think it'd have to be Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame doesn't. Have because a... you can't you can't put a two loss team in over a one loss team. There yeah. there has never been any type of precedent for that in the history of the college football playoff. I and mean, Notre... there's just you just can't do it. Notre Dame doesn't play a championship game. Correct. I mean, Notre Dame's off this week, so yeah, so they're they're done. Notre Dame's hoping for Notre Dame's hoping for mass chaos. I mean, they're hoping yeah. for they're hoping for Alabama to lose to Georgia. They're hoping for Iowa to beat Michigan. Um, they're and honestly, they might even be hoping hands. for Houston to beat Cincinnati, which I don't. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Happens at that point. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I don't either. Uh, because, because then, because then you're going to have to have a two loss team in the playoff. There is no way around it if that if that scenario you works out. Keep Cincinnati because they only have one loss. Yeah, but you're not putting a one loss group of five team in the playoff. I just I Cincinnati has to win to Cincinnati has to go undefeated to get in. They're if yeah, they're twelve and right. one, they're you're not right. getting in. You're they're right. they're just they're not doing it. They have. I would be thoroughly shocked if I'd be a twelve and one Cincinnati team yeah. got into the playoff over a two loss Power Five team. I would. That'd be crazy. I mean, but it's I mean, it's just kind of the reality of the situation. So, uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be really, really interesting because I don't think I don't think Oklahoma State's guaranteed to win against Baylor. I I don't think Cincinnati is guaranteed to win against Houston. I think they're going to win, but I think that's going to be a very close game. Mm-hmm. I could see Iowa pulling the upset over Michigan, and so I just I think it has a chance to get this is the exciting to, to part get of the interesting. <laughs> yeah, when I, everything comes down to the wire. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think it has a chance to get uh, to get really really interesting. The only the only result this weekend that I truly like truly would be shocked by is if Bama beats Georgia. Like I, I just, would be floored. If that I happens. I don't see that happening. Georgia just, stays in, right? Bama has not looked good for like a month. Yeah. They like they just they haven't. I, I know they won whatever, but they haven't looked good for like a month. Their win against Auburn, Bryce Young looked horrible. Yeah, and they, like they picks. they they barely beat uh, they barely beat LSU. They barely beat t- like Tennessee. Like they, they lost they just, to a 
bad A and M team at the time. Yeah, they like they just haven't looked good for a month, man. I just I don't know. I, I, it's, not, I, it's not a good. I don't. I I would honestly, I would be shocked if uh, Bama and Georgia is even close. I just I think Georgia's so much better than Alabama this the year. The only the only reason I'm nervous is because of Georgia's game against Clemson at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I mean it. To be fair, that was that's a long, three months ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, I don't even think about that. Who else have they played? Yeah. That's the biggest question. That, so that is a, like a valid point about Georgia, but I also think Georgia's defense is so good. I don't think anybody in the teams or in, anybody in the country. Uh, is no, I, I agree completely. I just I want them to win, and I think Georgia's the best team in the country. But I do think it is closer than we think about. But because who they played, it's hard to you know, yeah. keep that in the back of yeah. your mind. But um, here's hoping. Go Bulldogs! Uh, by the way, Lafayette got back in the rankings last night at number twenty four ahead of A and M, so it just means more. Uh, Arkansas clocks in at number uh, 22. So that's uh, the latest in terms of the college football playoff rankings. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll take a timeout, come back, close out the show, head for the house on a Wednesday after this timeout here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of The Setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Grains and livestock up. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Act Network with your EAB Market Countdown. December corn at 572 up 5 with March corn at 571 and a half up 4. January soybean to 1228 and a quarter up 11 with March soybean to 1235 up 8.5. December wheat at 778 and a half up 4 and 3 quarters with March wheat at 790 and a half up 3 and a quarter. December cotton at 109.39 down 226 with March cotton at 104.19 down 222. January rice at 1395 down 8 and a half cents. March rice at 1419 also down 8 and a half. Moving on to livestock now, December live cattle at 136 even, up 12 and a half, with February live cattle at 138.60, up 70. January feeder cattle at 165.82 and a half, up 97 and a half, with March feeder cattle at 167.90, up 140. December lane hogs at 73.62 and a half, up 25. February hogs at 80.12 and a half, up 15. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Not all soils are created equal. To a farmer, that's nothing new. Different parts of your field yield differently. Advertising shares a lot of similarities. There are more choices than ever about where to put your advertising dollars. A recent survey shows farmers rely on radio for their ag news almost five times as much as social media. To use another metaphor, farm radio is the best soil for planting those seeds of advertising. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Hey farmers, WT Equipment in Jonesboro and Pocahontas is open and ready to equip the farmers of Northeast Arkansas. Having a hard time locating available equipment prior to year's end? Do you need to upgrade your tractors, combines, or sprayer to be prepared for the 22 crop year? At WT Equipment, we have both new and pre-owned New Holland T9, T8, T9. 
T7 and T6 tractors available for sale now, ranging from 125 to 620 horsepower. Both new and pre-owned New Holland CR combines also available now. New Holland SP model sprayers ready to roll now. Be prepared for the 22 crop year. Come see us at WT Equipment in Jonesboro or Pocahontas. To speak with our sales department in Jonesboro, call 870-972-5522. That's 870-972-5522. For Pocahontas, call 870-892-5254. That's 870-892-5254. Or visit our website at WTEquip.com. WT Equipment, let's get it done. Timeout's over. And we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kay Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket. 95.3, the ticket for a few more minutes here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, by the way, there has been no new uh, no new entrance to the uh, coaching carousel, at least that I can find today. Aww. So it uh, it's a it's a slow day around uh, <laughs> around college the football. Carousel slowed down for maintenance. It it did, uh, and there was even a report today, which I'm both well, I'm mostly thankful for. Uh, because I did feel like it might be a, a little bit of a threat, but uh, that uh, Manny Diaz reparent, or reportedly has a good chance to keep his job at uh, Miami for another year, uh, even amidst the struggles that the, the Hurricanes faced this year. Which that was that was the first coach we talked about that we were saying was going to be in there. Yeah, and I did feel like there was probably a legitimate chance that they would go heavy after they would go heavy after two people in that scenario. One of which is Mario Cristobal, the other which is Lane Kiffin. Um, true. So true. I um you think Lane would have taken Miami? I don't I don't know. Uh, I mean there was a report that came out a couple of weeks ago, 3 weeks ago that Miami was going to put 20 to 30 million dollars into their football program. And I don't know if that was if that report was refuted or if it wasn't reliable or what uh because I've literally not seen anything on that since the day that it came out on Twitter. But if that was true, then I just I mean, all of a sudden, that becomes a really, 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 really good job. A really good job. That's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, you're, you're recruiting to – your recruiting base is one of the best in the country, and if you pipe 30 to, 20 to $30 million into that football program, I mean, it becomes the U again. True. So, and I mean, you're it, living in Miami. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I think Miami kind of waited too long to pull the plug on Manny Diaz, and then there became too many jobs that are currently better than Miami come open. And it's like, well, if we fire Manny Diaz, then we're making a panic hire. The last thing you want to do is make a panic hire and be stuck with someone that's not good for two or three years. So, I don't know. Yeah. No, Wait, fair. give give Diaz another year and then make your move next year because, good Lord, there can't be this many high-profile <laughs> marquee jobs come open next year. The I mean, portals, there, there's there's no way. The portal's going crazy. There's the no coaching way. portal's going we've crazy. Had, we've had, what, Oklahoma, LSU, USC. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, I missed another one, high-profile job. Is that it? La- Would you say Lafayette? Uh no, 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 I'm talking about power. I'm just talking about like power five. Oh, power five, power okay. five, high profile um, jobs. I guess that's I guess that's it. But that's still a, that's still a pretty dadgum good list. I think that's it. Yeah. So there's no way that many 
jobs like that can oh, come open next uh, offseason. Florida. Oh, Florida, yes. I knew I was missing one more. Yeah, so you have five. I, yeah. You have five. <laughs> There's no way that many that many high profile jobs can come open next offseason. So I mean I just I think you wait a year and then if it doesn't go good next year, then you move on. So things are going crazy. Along they, with the uh, rankings going crazy. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Um hold on to the edge of your seat. It's it, gonna be a uh, wild finish. <laughs> it it's been college football is crazy, man. It And that's why I love uh, it. So and this is my thing about college football too. It has so this is what I can't stand about the NBA. The NBA's off season is a billion times more entertaining than the NBA in both the regular season and the playoffs. That is a very good. I point. will I will <laughs> stay glued to Twitter about teams and players I don't care about in the NBA off season. Same, uh, just because it's so crazy. But then I don't watch a game in the regular season or really in the postseason. There was there was a time where and, I would live tweet during the yeah NBA and. The, uh, you know, the NFL to me has one of the more entertaining regular seasons, but like, I just, I don't care about the NFL offseason. I just, I, I don't follow it. But yeah, college football not, to me is the best of both of those. I think the, I think the, uh, I think the regular season is highly entertaining, uh, even though, even though there does to be, does still need to be work done in terms of the playoff and making it the regular season more interesting. Uh, because really, truthfully, you have like six to seven teams that can win a championship every year. But the regular season is highly entertaining, and the off season is even more entertaining. Like it's entertaining all across the board. That's why I love college football. I agree. I agree. So, anyways, that does it for us today. The drive with Brad Bobo is next from three to six uh, tomorrow morning, seven to ten. It's the front row with Budrow. Ten to twelve, Red Wolf roll call. Twelve to two. It's the workday red zone with Kerry Rich, which gets you back to us tomorrow from two to three. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.